0: of the Unnamed MMA Podcast. Shane Orling it again for Adam Abdallah. Good father, but he's becoming a bit of a <laughs> just, deadbeat just employee. Just doing dad things, I guess. I mean, can't show up for work. You've been, a, what, a week and a half now? I got to do
1: this twice? Actually talking shit now. He says Layla's an outstanding sleeper. And I texted back, have fun being up all night tonight. You just jinxed yourself.
0: Well, yeah. If she's an outstanding sleeper, then what the hell is he doing? That's my <laughs> question. Know. I don't know. Whitney's doing all the work. I guess. Yeah. Well, that's not surprising. We know Adam. Uh, no, not that it's so terrible to be here with you, but it is just fun to bust his balls a little bit. I'm hoping he's having a great time off with his new baby. Very much congratulatory to him. Fight night is back. UFC fight night with uh, Imovov and Strickland. Very excited about that. Yeah, and a change—a late notice
1: change because Calvin Gastelum suffered a uh, an injury to his mouth uh, at some point in training, midweek. So uh, the UFC doing what they do best, or having to do, you know, lately and over the last several years, late notice replacements, especially in main events. On Sean, Sean Strickland, even though he just fought in the main event last month, he gets right back uh, into the cage at a different weight class. Uh, and because going to compete in the main events uh, and against Nazarene Imabov. So he's trying to. Uh- Get that bad taste, that sour taste over the loss of two Jared Cannonier out of his mouth and and start 2023 with
0: a win. Puts you on the spot too, changing the main card, because now you have to change your whole handicap. I do. I don't to... think about the guys like no, you, Jordan. no. no. Forget about like the guys this. that have to change up their game plan. Like Imavov is fighting
1: a completely different fighter. Strickland, uh, four days ago, was not f- going to be fighting anytime soon. And now, yeah, where's the respect for me? But luckily, this is a pick at least, uh, you know, as we're recording this on a Wednesday. It's a pick so So, uh, you know,
0: opportunity is there to dive into each fighter if you see value. So, we'll get into that. We'll do the rest of the card. And correct me if I'm wrong. I'm trying to make sure I get all the procedurals correct. FatchExports.com. They can find everything you do for the UFC. Yes, sir. Yeah. FatchExports.com will have fights,
1: uh, picks available each and every single week. Sign up for the year at FatchExports.com. And just so everybody knows and understands, 10 of the next 11 weeks will feature UFC fight cards. <sighs>
0: That's a nice run. It's almost like
1: football. Exactly. We got a nice little streak. We had a little bit of, you know, downtime uh, over the holidays and to start of the new year, but we're rocking and rolling this week. We got a pay-per-view, a big pay-per-view next week, so Excited to start the year off uh, with a bang.
0: All right, well, let's get started with the card. No more delay. Punahale Soriano, minus 164, 9-2 against Roman Koploff, also 9-2, but plus 128 here. What's jumping out to you? Yeah,
1: I mean, I think a lot of value is coming in, at least initially this week, on Soriano. People like him, you know, good boxer, good strong base, uh, has very good takedown defense impressive in his last outing uh, with a a knockout, and actually eight of his nine wins in his mixed martial arts career have come in the form of knockout. I've had a lot of uh, handicappers that I respect tout out that uh, they're going to go with Soriano. Uh, inside the distance. I'm not so sure that I'm sold on that just yet. Roman Kapalov has not been impressive in his UFC career, but he has been impressive before he got to the UFC, showcasing a very strong all-around game, some good takedowns if he's able to get to it. This is a fight that I'm going to stay away from initially, at least as a selection I'll probably look to bet it live to see who is, you know, dictating their game plan. And at the end of the day, Shay, that's what it comes down to: is who's able to execute their game plan, who's able to utilize their skill set. And it's it, it's a, you know, a, a, basically a battle of two different skill sets: the Soriano with the with the boxer base, good takedown defense. So if he keeps the fight standing, he's going to have the advantage. If Kopalov's is going to be able to utilize his wrestling, his grappling background, his acumen, he's going to be able to dictate the fight and and, and get the win. So. I think if you need to play this fight, if you need to pick one guy or another, uh, it's going to be Soriano because he's been better in his UFC career. He's looked better, obviously, against the upper-level competition that exists in the UFC. It doesn't exist regionally. But I wouldn't hate if someone said to me, look, I think Koplov's been a little bit undervalued. He hasn't showcased extremely uh, to the level of talent that he has. But for me, it's a stay-away fight for sure. But if you need me to pick somebody, I'll, I'll go with Soriano.
0: We did the Dana White episode last week when I was filling in for Adam and I, I I'll admit I'm not a big UFC guy. I haven't watched a ton in my life, so I'm I don't know much. But I got to tell you, very measured. The no bet right now. Let's see how it goes in live bet. I deploy that all the time in football. I love it. Yeah, exactly. And again, especially with with now,
1: you know, like FanDuel being able to you know provide you with that opportunity. Uh, they do the live in in round betting and, and, and lines that are exist also for fights, dictating. And there's there's a lot of ways to be able to take advantage of that, uh, especially when you're if you're able
0: to watch this fight live and do it live that's that's what i would recommend Continuing fight night, Dan Ige, currently FanDuel, minus 128. He's 15-6 and six as a fighter against Damon Jackson, who's 22-4-1, and one, fetching even money here. What's jumping out to you with this? Yeah, this fight moved up
1: to the co made event uh, because the, this fight card originally lost a couple of fights. So, so Dan Ige's got to figure something out. I mean, the dude is 1-4 in, in his last five fights. The one win was a pretty, uh, you know, sudden knockout. He knocked out Gavin Tucker in 22 seconds. And since that point, he's lost to kind of the who's who of his division. Chan Sung Jung, the Korean zombie. Uh, Josh Emmett, who's fighting for the title in a couple of months. Uh, Musmar Ovalov. So, you know, talented guys. Dan Ige was streaking. He was 14-2 until he ran into this kind of rough patch in his career. But he has not fought since June of 2022. And you have to take it into account, you know, thinking about guys that have been on the shelf, been in the training camp, uh, been at the gym, trying to retool and, and, and redefine themselves. Damon Jackson's a different story. This is a guy that is streaking right now. Four fights in a row that he's won. He's looked very impressive since he's gotten to the UFC. 5-1 and one in his UFC career. His one loss was Ilya Tapura, and he was you know outstanding. He's one of the top five featherweights now that we have in the division. Jackson is a grappler. He's got it's very long for the division. Going to look to get this fight to the ground and look for a win via submission. And you look at that, 15 of his 22 wins have come uh, via submission. 19 of them have come inside the distance. Initially, early in the week, I was on Jackson. I think he was going to be able to utilize his reach, Utilize his his length and get the fight to the ground and submit Dan Ige. As the fight week has gone on, I've kind of turned on that. And I think that Dan Ige, similar to what I was just talking about with the Soriano-Koplov fight, Jackson wants to get the fight to the ground like Koplov. Ige wants to keep this fight standing uh, like Soriano does. And I think Dan Ige, he's boxing. The fact that he's going to be able to get into that phone booth, go to the body on, on Damon Jackson, and then get out of there, plus the fight camp that he comes from, I'm going to put, put a selection down on Danny. Ige. That's going to be available. That's a free one for you at FatJackSports.com. Danny Ige is going to win this fight. Uh, Damon Jackson just hasn't fought the level of competition, and I'm going to trust the fact that Dan Ige went back to the drawing board, learned from his three losses in a row, because I don't think he's a guy that's going to lose four fights in a row. He's learned from his losses, he's going to go back to the drawing board, and he's going to be looked like a, a 2.0 version of Dan Ige. So I think Dan Ige wins the fight straight up. money line. don't got to get cute with
0: any type of props in this one. Hani Barcelos 17-3, plus 400 against Umar Nurmagomedov. Nurmagomedov. I knew I was going to murder Nurmagomedov. That one. <laughs> Nurmagomedov. See, this is, this is what I said. I you, was going to butcher you, that. You saying
1: like you're new to the game and you don't? I mean, you, I know you watch some of the fights, but you know that
0: last name. You know Nurmagomedov. Like that, I, No. That, once you said it, reading it off my screen was different. Nurmagomedov. I knew I was going to butcher. <laughs> exactly. It. It's exactly. all good. It's a lot of comments. It's a lot of vowels in there. Yeah. Minus five fifty undefeated as a fighter. Fifteen and zero. What do you got? Yeah. I mean, there, well, there's a reason. Obviously, this guy comes from an outstanding
1: background in, in, in wrestling and in submission grappling. Uh, he's undefeated. He's three and zero in the UFC. Has looked impressive. In, in, in all three of those fights, and most, most notably the Brian Kelleher win uh, two fights ago at UFC 272, just took him under, a little over three minutes to get a, a tough guy in Kelleher out of there. If Nurmagomedov gets you to the ground, uh, he's, he's going to be in control. This line is ridiculous. This line is absolutely ridiculous. Hany Barcelos should not be disrespected in the manner that he is. And maybe he got. Maybe it has to do with the fact that look, he has lost two fights in the UFC. Uh, he's a little bit older uh, for this weight class. Uh, he got a little bit of a late start to his mixed martial arts career. But without a doubt, Hany Barcelo's is not a plus three fifty underdog that is absolutely insane. I think Hani Barcelos plus four hundred. Time it takes four hundred. Just even looking at Fanduel. Okay, there you go. Hani Barcelos is a guy that has yes evolved his stand up, but his notoriety, what he's comfortable with, is Brazilian jiu jitsu, fighting off of his back, working for submissions, uh, and, and you know he's able actually to to couple that into victories um, on the feet. Uh, you know, eight of his seventeen wins have come via knockout. Uh, Nurmagomedov, though, is a special fighter. He's looked the part in his three UFC appearances. There's absolutely no way I'm laying $9 uh, for Nurmagomedov to, or $8 to win the fight. I'm not even going to consider him in a uh, parlay. So if you need to – here's my recommendation. If you need to play this fight, you play Barcelos at that value. You absolutely do at 4-1. to one. If it goes a little bit lower than that, probably stay away. My recommendation, I always like to look for props or two uh, that, that stick out to me. I think Nurmagomedov at $1.70 via decision, probably the way to go. It's a three-round fight. is going to be comfortable. He's shown very strong cardio, and I don't think Nurmagomedov uh, has – the big enough skill set to submit a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt like Hani Barcelo. So uh, you want value on this fight. It's not in the parlay. It's not in Romanov, in obviously, straight up on the money line. It's him via decision. So all he's got to do is win two rounds out of three.
0: Dollar seventy, I think, is the, is the value play there. I was just going to ask you. I haven't bet a ton of UFC in my life, but I know people who have. And a lot of times I hear about getting the big favorite and packaging them in the parlay. That felt like when I looked at this, you got to find a place for that if it's just written in the stars he's going to win. Yeah.
1: I mean, we, we usually try to do that, you know, obviously, you know, recommend two or three fights that but again, you're, you're as I'm sure you know when you bet football or you you're betting the NBA college basketball like and you're doing a parlay and it's a, it's a six game parlay like you are saying to yourself like I'm still comfortable in lane X on that individual game. And I'm not comfortable laying $900 to win 100 on Umar Nurmagomedov, as Crazy. impressive as he is. Look, there's a reason he's unbeaten. There's a reason why he, he comes from from not only that camp, the American Kickboxing Academy, but also that last name. That last name holds a lot of notoriety in mixed martial arts. But Nurmagomedov, to me, not worth the value, but get him at, at, at decision. Uh, judge, go to the judges' scorecards at minus 170.
0: All right, Ketlin Vieira. I'm looking at right now minus one twenty five against Raquel Pennington minus one hundred two. What do we got here? Yeah, I I, th-
1: I don't understand this, this this line. I think this line is extremely off. Ketlin Vieira, uh, you know, stumbled two fights ago, or, or now would be three fights ago against Yana Kunitskaya. Um, she dominated Misha Tate. And Misha Tate's return to the UFC. And then controversially, she, she, she defeated Holly Holm. Uh, I was on the Vieira side, so I was happy that she cashed as, as the underdog, but more people thought that, that Holly Holm won the fight. Outside of that, look, she's got, she's got tremendous power. She's got a very strong base. She dirties up fights, and she's going to welcome a fight that Raquel Peddington, that's what she does. Raquel Peddington's a grinder. She wants to push you against the fence. She wants to take you down, uh, and, and she wants to dirty up fights. She got that, she being Vieira, in her last two fights. Misha Tate and Holly Holm both tried to do that. Both tried to do uh, that unsuccessfully. And I think Pennington is a step below both Misha Tate and and Holly Holm. If Vieira is right, granted, you know, the two times that she lost, she got knocked out by Irene Aldana and then the the Kunitskana fight. Um, She didn't look right. So uh, this this is a weight to what does Vieira look like on the scale. What does she look like? Because she does have a tough weight cut, getting down to uh, the 135-pound limit. But I think if she looks right, she's the side to be on. And it's a virtual pick right now. It was released earlier. Vera was the underdog. Now it's gone down to a pick I think the skill set for Vera, the strong base, the striking that she's going to have the advantage of, and and the fact that she's shown she can handle a dirty fight that Raquel
0: Pennington brings, I like Vera. All right. All right, on to the main event. Finally, the fight of the night is Sean Strickland and Nazardine Imovov. Right now, FanDuel minus 113 both ways. So basically, straight pick, coin toss.
1: Yeah, and, and I'm upset that I didn't jump on this earlier because I heard that Sean Strickland, when he was announced as the guy that was making the, 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 the late-notice replacement, was released at plus 140. And I would have loved Sean Strickland at any type of dog money in this fight. Nazardine Imovov, great striker. Uh, you know, has looked impressive. He's got two very impressive finishes in his UFC career. Uh, he stumbled against Phil Hawes, but outside of that, he's looked very good. He held his own against Joaquin Buckley, a very strong striker in this division. Uh, you know, he he was preparing for a guy in Calvin Gastelum that, um, you know, yes, smaller for the division, but a guy that's going to mix up. Uh, striking, but l- really look for for some grappling, and probably a guy in Imamov that Imamov could take control of or, or, or handle some of the cardio. Sean Strickland's another beast. I mean, Sean Strickland's a guy that gets in your face, walks you down, hides behind a jab, and is able to fight at a hard pace for three rounds. The only times that Sean Strickland has struggled or lost is when he's gone in there against powerful strikers. We were on the side of Jared Cannonier with Fat Jack Sports, so that cash. That was the final play of the 2022. We were winners, and and there was some controversy to, to how that fight was scored. But Jared Cannonier landed the more significant strikes, landed with more power, and Sean Strickland's you know forward motion under the jab was was kind of you know halted. I don't think that's going to be the case against Imovov. Imovov, you know, very be- he's a better striker than Strickland. He might even be a better striker than Jared Cannonier. Uh, he's not a more powerful striker, and that's what bothers Sean Strickland. So you couple, you, you take that into account, plus you take into account that, you know, Imovab, I think, has struggled with cardio. You know, he was he was gassing uh, in that fight against Edmund Shab- Shabazian a few fights back before he finished Shabazian on the ground. Sean Strickland's not going to struggle with that. Uh, Sean Strickland's a guy also that could look for takedowns. He hasn't utilized it in the past, but we know he has that in his back pocket. Plus, the fact too, I'm not worried about the short notice replacement for Strickland. The the guy is always in the gym. He's he's, he's you'll like him if you haven't seen him fight yet, Shay. I mean, he talks shit inside the octagon. That's that's what he does. He just like walks after you, like hey, this Jeff, here, fuck you, fuck you, know whatever it is. I can't do it. But um, and here's the other thing too. Sean Strickland, prior to the Cannoneer fight, teased the fact that he was eventually going to be making a jump to 205. That the 185 pound weight cut no longer. fit his his body type uh and his training regimen well you don't got to do that this fight's now at 205 and the fact that imavov has got to prepare for a different fighter i like sean strickland money line sean strickland and i'll probably go under under four and a half as well as a play on this uh, because i know we, we like to release totals as well um Somebody's getting finished. I'll think it's going to be Imavov. Strickland overwhelms him at some point, maybe in the championship rounds. But I think Sean Strickland bounces back after this 2 fights get.
0: Anything else jumping out at you off this night?
1: Yeah, well, I talked about it. Uh, I just talked about totals. Uh, someone is going to sleep in the Ribeiro-Alhasan uh, fight. Uh, both guys finishers. Both guys first-round finishers. I think the total is under one and a half. That absolutely is happening. Two and a half for sure. I think somebody's going to sleep. So that would be my recommendation on uh, the fight on the undercard. And another unbalanced line, if you need to play something earlier on in the night, is Jimmy Flick uh, against Charles Johnson. Johnson's a good, strong grappler. Uh, has looked good in his UFC career. Jimmy Flick retired. Now is coming back, but he's a submission ace. And if he's able to fetch one early in the fight, uh, Charles Johnson's in a world of hurt. And that line Kind of off balance as well, in my opinion. So maybe flick money line and Al Hassan Riberio uh,
0: not going to the judges scorecards. All right, another edition of the unnamed MMA podcast recap and Jordan's picks. Uh, Soriano Koplov, no bet, but Soriano, if you have to bet it, Ege Jackson, Ege minus one twenty eight on the money line. Barcelos Nurmagomedov. Got it that time. There via decision, minus 170. Vieira Pennington, Vieira, minus 125. And then Strickland, Imovob Strickland on the money line and under four and a half. Yep, exactly. So all the picks officially will be available at FetchExports.com. We'll certainly have four or
1: five, 10 of the next 11 weeks, future fights. And I, I look, you're, you're back. I'm welcoming you back. If it's my selection and I'm saying I'm renewing the, the, the free agent deal for Shane Orling, you're coming back next week for the podcast. I was Named just going to say, I'd be
0: happy to do it with you again if Adam can't get off his ass and come to work. You were the number one pick.
1: last week. We've re-signed you to a multi-year deal, so you're back. Sounds great. I
0: appreciate that. Good to be here with you, Jordan. All right, Shaq.